Hey everyone, you are tuning in to Activism for Amateurs here on KACI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thanks again for tuning in. I am your host, Lauren Q. And if you're tuning into the show, you are interested in learning more about activism or how to be more of an advocate for the things that you are passionate for. Um... And um, as well as learning more about community issues on campus or in the world, because Activism for Amateurs is highlighting more of um, international issues, so issues that are happening locally, but also um, globally and in other countries, and just how we connect as a Orange County community to uh, people in other places, which is great. Um, anyway, so last week we talked about H.R. 35 and the issues that go along with that in regards to um, our university um, in general and how it could affect other UCs and other colleges in California. If you would like to hear that podcast, um, it is up on the website at KUCI.org. Just go to KUCI.org, click on um, KUCI Talk, and you will find all of the talk shows there, as well as this one, Activism for Amateurs, and you can subscribe to any podcast and listen to any shows that have occurred in the past. But anyway, um, for this week, we are talking about a very interesting a topic that has been part of UCI's research since, I believe it was 2001 when they launched it. Um, anyway, we're talking about autism and how children are, who are autistic um, are affected. And um, in particular, we're going to talk about family dynamics um, for children um, who have autism and how they are currently being helped through uh, research at UCI that some students are even involved with. Um, as you know, I'd like to highlight um, student stories on this show more so. So with that, um, our topic for today um, will be spearheaded with our guest, Tashi Jinadasa. Yeah, I said your name properly, right? Last name? All right. Okay, so um, anyway, Tashi, go ahead and just um, introduce yourself to all of our listeners. Hi, guys. Um, my name is Tashi Jinadasa. I'm a third year at UC Irvine. I'm studying psychology, and I'm taking a minor in linguistics. I'm also involved in a camp, an extracurricular. I'm in part of a multicultural co-ed fraternity called Delta Sigma. I am currently on board as a pledge ship chair, and it's a really amazing experience. So, yeah. It's a little bit about me. <laughs> um, so, obviously we have a student here who's um, pursuing her studies, also very involved on campus, um, which is great, so we're going to have a good um, interview. Um, we're not just researching people who've... Um, I mean, we're not just interviewing people who've gone through um, research extensively. We are interviewing somebody who um, is experiencing research along with just regular college life. So I think that's more interesting for me. And um, also, I have a co-host uh, here with me today, um, Valche, if you want to introduce yourself, too. Okay. Hi, I'm um, KUCI. My name is Vache Yusefian, and uh, I'm involved with several things on campus. And um, specifically, that has to deal with this topic is probably diversity education initiative under the Cross Cultural Center. And um, I, th I feel like this is a very important topic because, especially now, it's winter quarter, application season. People are looking for research opportunities, and maybe this is something that might pique someone's interest. Um, so that's why I'm involved. Nice. 
All right. So, um, Tashi, if you could um, just tell us a little bit more background about why you decided to be involved with research in regards to um, learning more about children with autism and helping out with that here at UCI. Um, well, I really, I took a class, it was called um, Language Acquisition with a professor, her name was um, Dr. Pearl, and she, her lectures really inspired me. So one day I just walked up to her and I was like, hey, you know, I really like your research in, um, in language acquisition, um, can I get involved? And she's like, yeah, I mean, you just go for it. I mean, you're going to learn about just how children sh- um, normally acquire language and stuff. Um, what I have been doing since last summer is basically um, we go through syntax files and we of speech samples between it's like basically it's conversations between adults and children and we're looking at basically how children categorize certain words sometimes even how they categorize certain phrases and um, based on the number of corrections we make we can figure out the percentage of error that they make and stuff and and with um, younger children, it's usually um, the error is like around 50% or so. Um, it's a pretty high error. But as they get older and once they um, have more conversations with adults, they tend to decrease this error of um, categorizing certain phrases and stuff. So that's kind of what I found in my own research. So, oh, you mean like... Uh just to specify, these are children with autism, or uh, just these are children regular. In these are regular children. We uh-huh. don't. We're not really sure if they have autism. Um, I'm not actually. I've just been doing like I'm just editing files right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really know actually whether these children are typically developing or whether they have autism. So, but yeah. Um. So would you consider that a, a blind study? In, in this case, because uh, you don't know the, the sampling of the yeah. children population. Yeah, we just go through the files, and we're just looking at the speech samples in this case. We're not really studying the children themselves. We are looking at the files and basically, like, showing the... We're just, like, editing files, basically. We're not really observing the kids themselves. We're not observing how they behave or anything. Mm. Uh, are they from a certain population? Are they from Irvine? Are they um, from Orange We're County? We're not sure about that. We're not sure where exactly they're from. So, so uh, what does a typical day in um, this category of research look like for you? Um, well, I, it's at-home research, basically. I don't go on campus. I just, I'm at home. I do around six hours a week just because I'm in school and, like, I... Yeah, ever since summer, I've this, during the summer though I do a lot more work. Sometimes up to ten to twelve hours a week, because the files are really long. They take a while to do, so I tend not to do more than twelve hours. Twelve hours still kind of a lot of yeah. A research does ever get tiring? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Um, what what are the sample words or um, phrases that um, these children are trying to typically say? And w- um, what do you think is their age group? Um, well, the age group, I think it's um, three to five year olds. I think it's um, it could it goes maybe up to you know can be in the teens, can be like up to adolescence. It's probably like from three to like adolescence, from what I've been observed. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, what phrases are they trying to say, or words? Um, uh, do you, can you make it out, or um, 
Well, it's more of like what they're, it's their conversation. We're not really specifying, it's not a specific phrase or anything. You're, we're just looking at the conversations. And within the conversations, we look at a variety of different phrases. I mean, like sentence, how do they, do they say complete sentences or is it a fragment? Um, is it, is this word actually a verb? How do they categorize it? I mean, sometimes they don't even categorize a verb as a verb. They would categorize it as something else. Because they're still learning word categories and stuff. That they're, at, you know, like at age three or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, with this research, um, where, how, like, how do you, you, who usually goes to get those conversations? My professor. She has a website and she has, a, like, a huge database and she sends out all the files. She has, like, a server and we download the server and we get all the files from there. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So these are conversations that have already Yes, like, happened they have before. already happened, and we just go through them and figure out what's going on within these conversations. Okay, great. Um, so I also have a question um, about, because I know you've also um, learned a lot more about um, children with autism, things mm-hmm. like that. So can you tell us a little bit more about why that topic is important to you as a student? Um, well... I don't think people know this, but I personally, I've had a personal account with autism. I was diagnosed at two years old, and it was hard for me to make friends. It's hard for me to, it was hard for me to get out of my comfort zone and do things I've never done before. I have, honestly, I've been bullied every day ever since elementary school. I haven't been able to, I didn't want to go to school sometimes because I was very quiet. I had my personality was very withdrawn. I didn't like I was it's almost like I was mute, but I was withdrawn. I didn't really want to communicate with others. And when I tried, people were just like they thought I was weird because I didn't talk that much. And so it's just a personal issue. Hmm. And I've worked with and ever since I came to college, I worked for this program called Jumpstart at UCI. There are some kids who are battling autism, but on a higher, they have, like, it's more severe than mine, my case. Mine was pretty mild, I guess, compared to them. So, um, uh, you battled autism, Mm -hmm. but, um, for those that are going through similar cases of what you're going through, whether it's, um, bullying or trying to make friends, um, what, what was it that changed your perspective because uh, I can tell now you're more confident and more open and just with your body uh, posture I can tell (laughs) Uh, that's a good question I had a lot of support from my family and I made they just you know motivated me to make a lot of friends like especially my mom she was always there she made sure that I got the services I needed I went to speech therapy in school um i had a social worker at one point but for not very long but it still was it still motivated me to get out of this this shell i was in the whole time and it's just the support and i don't think a lot of these kids i i worked with at jumpstart they have that like the kids who are battling autism in the elementary schools they don't get a lot of support from their family and which is why part of the reason why they're going through what they're going through right now. So, um, in your opinion, why do you think it is that they don't um, have that type of support from from family? Um, 
from what I've learned, from what I've known, um, these parents, they work, they have two jobs, and they don't have the financial means to support, like, they, they can't, like, you know, pick up their children on time, you know, and sometimes they don't want to take the speech therapy services from schools because maybe they're not as reliable, so -hmm. they want to try to get better services that are outside of school, which maybe are, like, you know, clinical. They want to go to a clinic, but it costs money. Yeah. And I mean, it's just hard because they don't want to get this the free services from schools when some of the therapists there, maybe they're not trained well enough, maybe they don't have the right tools to diagnose properly. I mean, autism. I think autism is just something that's hard to diagnose nowadays because you can't really tell whether a person has autism because it could be either low severity or it could be high severity. It's like on a, ra- on a spectrum, mm-hmm. and nobody really knows the cause yet, which is what's being researched right now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think that research with linguistics could help uh, families of those who, um, families who have um, children who are autistic? How can this type of research help them provide better support for their children um, more directly? Um, we learn how... Um, So we can learn how they normally develop and see, like, the differences between um, typically developing children and compared with children with autism and see, like, how um, to basically deal with children who have autism and stuff. Um, I actually plan on going to graduate school after. I want to go to Cal State Long Beach, and I want to learn about more about these communicative disorders and know really learn how they actually differ from um other children and i mean typically developing children and stuff mm-hmm. i want to learn more about these type on I mean, autism i you know i'm really interested in that so nice mm-hmm. um so when you're doing jump start mm-hmm. um you would how many hours would you work typically like like at the school with with other children what would you do Um, let's see. I worked 10 to 12 hours a week, I would say. Um, what we do, we have, like, a a curriculum we followed, like, every week. So, we would read to, we would read, like, a story every week. And then we'd do, like, circle time, you know, like, game, I mean, activities. We would have, like, we would have the student have center time, so... We'd have, like, a variety of centers each student can go to. So, like, a drawing, like, a writing center, an art center, and just a lot of fun things just to get the kids to interact. And we'd also teach these children how to develop their social skills because that's just something that's very important in this society. Mm-hmm. You don't have social skills. It's really hard to live, really. And we want to integrate special needs children with regular children because... You know, they learn how to deal with everyone in the society. Mm. And if you just isolate them from everyone, it's just very difficult to interact with the other other types of people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So it must take a lot of patience to do something like Jumpstart. Do you feel that, what are some skills that you feel that you were really able to enhance just by um, being involved with Jumpstart and seeing these kids 10 to 12 hours every week? Like, like what were the challenges when you first started and 
what are some things you have now because of having that? Um, well, when I first started, I was very impatient. I did not <laughs> like dealing with these children. Like, <laughs> they would, they were so hyper. They would, some of them would bounce around on the, the little play couches. They would do gymnastics on the floor. Like, you have no idea what these kids can do. Oh, my <laughs> God. It was hard for them to sit still. Sometimes I had to yell at them just because I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of us kind of resort to yelling when we can't take it. Not just with children, kind of with just each other. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Um, um, but then, I guess um, I realized that it takes a lot of patience. It's not about... I mean, and yelling at them is just going to make their behavior go wild. They're hmm. just going to take more advantage of you. And kids like to do that. They... They know they're really smart. Actually, they when they see that an adult gets tired and frustrated, it makes them want to take. They think it's okay to like, you know, just do the silly things they do, because the adult they think the adult's not strong enough to deal with them. You know, they're mm -hmm. not like they think the adult is like really have to given up. So they just want to take over because they think they can. Mm -hmm. But I think it's. Uh, we as adults, we need to just step up our game and, like, really just be assertive and authoritative. But not in, like, a bad, like, you don't yell at them, but you just have to be very assertive. But yeah. not too passive either and just let it breeze. But now I've just learned how to be more patient. But at the same time, I've learned how to just be more assertive. I would just, my second year, I would just wait until they were ready. I would wait because now they know that if I'm waiting, that means they need to be ready mm. to start their day. So, yeah. So, um, you mentioned um, that um, your research has um, definitely affected other parts in your life. Um, and you mentioned Delta Sigma. Is there um, any way it's uh, affecting Delta Sigma or any other clubs you're a part of on campus? Or um, is it kind of sinking into other things? My research. Okay. Well, I think it's a part of my life, but I don't think it has anything to do with my other clubs. I just think Delta Sigma is another thing I'm a part of. And I'm like, it's not, my research has like nothing really to do with Delta Sigma. It's just something to enhance my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So uh, actually in regards to that, um, you said that you want to go to grad school and learn more about this and study. Um, do you have any um plans on what you would like to do after grad school? Would you like to still continue working on this or maybe branch out into something else? I like to go into speech pathology or speech therapy. I think it's a really, I have actually shadowed a speech therapist last spring and I just thought her work was amazing. You know, I thought what she did was really inspiring and it really wanted me, made me want to pursue a career like that. So, um, so what exactly did, um, did the person that she shadowed out, uh, uh, what did she do um, on a day-to-day -day basis as far as in her career that you were able to see? She basically kept track of, she made like, she had like a basically a curriculum kind of, and she was recording, okay, what is their goal for today? Like, what are they supposed to do? And she wrote down observations and it was, and then she wrote down, okay, did they meet this goal? Yes or no? Can we keep working on it? So that's the kind of thing I want to do. I want to really help um, children with special needs, you know, integrate into the real world. And I mean, and just, you know, 
feel make them feel that they can live in the society because they don't and they don't have to be trapped. They don't have to just be left alone. They don't have to feel isolated. I mean, with therapy, they can learn not only how to just improve their own like speech, but they can also learn more social skills and how to live with other people. And that's very important. Um, in regards to that was really great, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. And just to add on to that, um, in regards to um, children learning these social skills um, to help them um, succeed, do you feel that maybe society also, like um, adults or people who are offering um, services and help to children, do you feel like it is also our responsibility to, to change in a way, to be more understanding or more patient? Absolutely. I think... Um we just need to, maybe we need to be more informed because I think not everybody is informed of the issues that children with autism have. I think we just, when, and then we were more informed, we can be advocates of this issue. So I think it's very important that all of us need to be informed, not just the people in this field and not just like speech pathologists, but everyone, because it, it does affect people and ordinary people and it affects parents. I mean, it's something that they can learn more about, I mean, as of right now. Like, and because in case, like, they do happen to have these kind of, kind of children, you know, they'll know what to do, and they won't feel as confused, and they won't, and they'll be like, okay, now I have to, maybe I can send my child to a speech therapist, I mean, you know, and save up money for that instead of feeling confused all the time, so, mm-hmm. Hmm. So, um, as you said, autism starts as a, um, at an early age. So, um, let's say uh, these autistic children are going to school like you are. What do you recommend, like, um, both their peers and their teachers um, to do besides patients? Is there any other advice you can give us or them? Um, I think they just need to be more open-minded. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think, teachers of these students um, who have who have of the peers, I mean, teachers of these peers, um, they need to really teach their students how to, you know, be more open-minded of children with disabilities um, and just learn that it's okay if a child has a disability. It's not like a bad, it's not a bad thing. And it's, it's just changing their perspective. And just the ch- teachers should, you know, tell them like, okay, you know, maybe look into their shoes. Let's see how they're feeling because it's really important for other children to understand how children with autism really feel in society. I mean, they they go through so much. I mean, bullying and they're made fun of all the time. I mean, some of them have more than just autism. Some of them have other mental disorders, other learning disabilities. It's not just that. Sometimes it's even behavioral issues coupled with autism. It's even more. Um, so do you have um, any other um, ideas of other uh, resources that are available to students um, here at UCI who would like to learn more about research in autism? And um, Well, I definitely want to recommend that they ask professors who are involved in maybe a lingu- if there are linguistics minors out there, if they aren't involved in research already, you know, ask maybe one of their professors who are maybe and talk to them about whether they're involved in research because that's 
One of the best ways is if you have a professor, if you have a class with a professor who does research, you can always talk to them in person. That's what I recommend. All right, great. Um, okay, well, I think we're we're going to wrap this up in a little bit. Do you have any other questions that you'd like to ask, Bachi? Mm. Um, just one last question. Um, so um, what was your teacher's name again? So, uh, Dr. so our audience would know. Dr. Lisa Pearl. She is um, part of a lab. It's called a Computational Language Laboratory. I don't know um, currently if she has any other projects going on. Mm-hmm. But I think there will be more as the quarter progresses. So for those of you sh- who don't know, she teaches Psych 56L, sh- Acquisition of Language. So if any of you have her, um, feel free to ask her about her research. She she has a few projects, but I don't think they're happening right now. But definitely throughout the quarter, when she does have them, just go ahead and talk to her about her research. She does amazing research, you know, and... Awesome. Yeah, um, for any students out there who are listening and you'd like to research more about um, Dr. Pearl, right? Dr. Lisa Pearl. Dr. Lisa Pearl. Um, you could actually uh, look it up under the faculty directory. We have one online. Um, it's pretty much just faculty.uci.edu. You could um, look her up, and actually when you um, when you find her, it'll also show uh, numerous publications that she has um been involved with mm-hmm. or has um, published um, so that would definitely give you a lot more info on learning about um, linguistics um, and even autism as well so thank you very much Tashi for mm-hmm. joining us <laughs> for the show um, uh, again if anybody has any questions about um, this just feel free to go ahead and just look up more research on it and uh, definitely keep the conversation going if you're hearing this on the air and you find it really interesting go ahead and just talk about it with another person um, hopefully you've taken something from this show uh, it's more than just listening and hearing it on the air and taking it for yourself but I definitely want to encourage all our listeners out there keep the conversations going don't let it die down and if it's something that inspires you then do something about it and that's what activism for amateurs is about so thank you very much tashi for um coming on the air with us you're welcome absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and uh thank you vache for um co-hosting this interview with no us. worries All right, awesome. So when we get back from our short break we will uh talk more about um issues of autism in regards to our school system as well as um, within uh, family relations and how society can better um, learn more about um, this disorder and be s- more supportive about it and to the people around us. Um, so it should be great. Stay tuned. And again, you're listening to Activism for Amateurs at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And after the music, we'll be right back. <laughs> 